This is the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Goodison Park. Hello everybody and welcome to the latest episode of the Royal Blue Podcast. I'm your host Conor O'Neill, joined today by Joe Thomas and Gav Buckland as we look ahead to a huge game for Everton as they welcome Fulham to Goodison Park on Grand National Saturday. I think we always seem to say at the minute, but every game is huge for Everton and Sean Dyche as they battle to avoid relegation to the Championship. But there is a massive feeling around Saturday's one at Goodison Park as the Blues look to get back to winning ways after last weekend's disappointing 2-0 defeat against Manchester United at Old Trafford. Joe, I'll start with you. This really is a must-win game for Everton, isn't it? I think it is. I know that Sean Dyche doesn't like to go into must. I mean, I don't think any manager likes to go into is this a must-win game because obviously they then get held accountable if 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 they don't win it. But um, I can't. I've been trying all week to try and work out a way in which I don't think this is must-win, and I just can't get there. Uh, mm. I, I just for Everton to get the points that they need to stay up, I just feel like they need three of them tomorrow against Fulham. Obviously, we're recording on on Friday. You know, it's it's home crowd, Goodison Park. You know, atmosphere has been sensational behind the players when it's needed to be this season uh, certainly the last few games Everton hopefully a blip against Manchester United take that out of the equation in good form Fulham in terrible form nothing to play for lost their main goal threat this this really feels like the best opportunity especially when you also look at some of the when you look at some of the other fixtures that are taking place this weekend this certainly feels like it's the best opportunity to start some positive momentum that will take Everton out of this. Um, and I, I just think it, it really is. As, it's as close to being a must win as it possibly can be without it being a, you know, a last day of the season. You know, winner takes all six points against Bournemouth or something like that. Gav, you know, in terms of, Joe said there, Sean Dyche won't allude to it being a must win. But I think every Everton fan going to Goodison Park tomorrow and everyone connects to the club knows it's a must-win. I mean, we've been at the don't-lose territory at times this season, but this one does just feel like it's got to be three points for Everton if they're to give themselves the best chance possible staying up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as Joe says, it's, it's, it's more because of the games elsewhere, isn't it, really? Uh, you know, that's why it's a must-win and it's, it's we can put a little bit of clear water between ourselves and those below us, possibly with, with where the other fixtures pan out. And... It, it does seem a good opportunity to get the points on the board. You know, those hackneyed old cliches, money in the bag, all that type of stuff. Um, and I think, yeah, for that reason alone, and you, when you're looking at these eight games left, there's a few there thing. Oh, yeah, I don't think we'll get much there, but this is one of the one of the ones where you'd say definitely we've uh, got to got to take the 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 three points. Because one, I don't think is is going to be sufficient really tomorrow. Bear in mind, you then got Palace away and then Newcastle at home, haven't we? Leicester away, Leicester away. And then we got City at some point and the Brighton away, which are going to be difficult. Yeah, so it, it's all day long. It's it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's three points uh, are, are absolutely vital for us against the Fulham team, as, as Joe said. I mean, I was thinking about this before. A bit of confidence is the one thing we know about Silver in his time as England. Uh, 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 certainly at Watford and Everton, and possibly a little bit of Hull is once he goes on a losing streak, he finds it very, very difficult to start trying to yeah. get that back. He tends to he tends to get worse and worse and worse. I mean, he had a 
Similar start to a season at Watford, didn't he, in 17-18. He ended up losing a load of games, ended up losing his job. However, it's slightly different to Fulham. So, yeah, so they this is one of them games a month ago. This looked really difficult, but it doesn't look as difficult now. Bear in mind their poor form and the obviously the absence of Mitrovic and but I think Silva's still still going to be on the touchline in the stands. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, vital three points in a fix that looks significantly easier than what it did a month ago. Do you think Dojo almost that the game does look significantly easier than what it did a month ago? The fact that Everton put us in, you know, all their factors almost put more pressure on Sean Dyson side because. You know, we've seen a lot of the games, you know, where there's not been a lot expected from them. There's no city meeting of Arsenal, Liverpool, even last week, you know, United, it was very much a, if you get anything here, it's a bonus. But this weekend, very much is fans are expecting a win, fans are expecting three points. That puts added pressure and, and almost puts Sean Dyche and Everton in a, in a different position what they've been in recent weeks in the sense of all everything is on them to deliver and, and bring three points because that's what people expect. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's a huge amount of pressure on this game. There's there's no getting away from that. I think probably when we look back at the, the 10 games or so that Sean Dyche's been in, in charge, in, in fairness to him, when it's come to them, what we would probably say is that it's not a must-win, it's a game that Everton really needed to win. He's won them all. Yeah, mm-hmm. Arsenal first game, playing against the you know, top of the league. Everton just an absolute horrific January and return from the World Cup break couldn't have gone any worse. Club on its knees, haven't signed anybody in January. Sean Dyche comes in, belief has been sucked out, and he goes and beats the league leaders. Then a couple of weeks later, you see the same against Leeds at that time. And still now, thanks to their defeat against Palace in that relegation battle, that felt like a, a must win. And then he got to Brentford a couple of weeks ago, and obviously that didn't necessarily feel like a much must win in the sense that we knew that Brentford were a very good side. I think I was probably like a lot of people going into that game very fearful, just thinking that Brentford would, would may well beat Everton. And then the pressure really ramped up when Bournemouth beat Liverpool in the early kickoff that day. And, and you know, we've gone over this plenty of times since then. But I think Goodison felt the nerves and the tension. And then we heard the siren come back for the first time. And, you know, 60 seconds later, Everton won the up through Dwight McNeil. And, you know, we'd go on to a, to get to get a big win. So, yeah, there, there is a lot of pressure on him. Uh, uh, but I do kind of, when I look at this game, I see this as it is now is probably Sean Dyche in his strongest position, and that is we know that there are a lot of there's a lot of fragility about this Everton side, and there's not a lot of depth. There's not a lot of strength in it. One thing that we know that we're going to get with Sean Dyche is is, is organisation. And I kind of feel like when, when Everton are coming up against teams that they can beat through being the most organised, that's that's when Dyche is in his element. And I think when you look at Fulham and the chaos that's engulfed them since that FA Cup defeat at Old Trafford, you look at the fact the manager's in the stands, you look at the fact that Mitrovic isn't there, you look at the fact they've probably not really got anything to play for now this season. This feels like a game where I probably have most confidence that Sean Dyche will actually get the formula right. Um, obviously, you've still got the players to go out there on the pitch and, and, and get it. And, you know, this this squad it has its limitations and we still have the big problem about what to do in Abdallah Decor's absence. But, you know, there's a lot of pressure. It's a big game. 
but hopefully Dyche will be able to continue his impressive form in these games and keep winning the winnable games because Everton need it tomorrow. No, Gavin, teams. Joe says there, you know, in terms of the pressure, you know, Everton have delivered so far. In terms of, is that on Sean Dyche or is that on, you know, the fans? Is that a combination of a lot of things at the club in that since he's come in, you know, Everton have been able to get themselves over the line in, in games that matter most think of Arsenal, Leeds, you know, Brentford. Because, you know, under Frank Lampard, you know, the exception maybe Crystal Palace, a few games towards the back end of the season, there was very few and far between times where Everton actually managed to sell, get themselves over the line and, and, and get three points. Yeah, it's a combination. I think being more specific about what Joe's saying, I think what he's been good at is organised us at home, hasn't he? Yeah. Um, I think in five home games, you've only conceded the one goal from open play. I think we've I think we had there's it three goals, two penalties, and the one goal from open play was Villa late on when we were sort of chasing the game. So what we've shown is if you if you start a home game and we've just got four left, I know City would be difficult. Start a home game, no one that buying lads. The odds are you're not going to concede or certainly concede from open play. You're going to give yourself an opportunity. Mm. So I think that's been good. The counter to that is, and and I mentioned this last time out, I think, Connor, last week, is is we have rolled our luck a little bit at home and we've we've got points from unexpected sources, Tarkovsky, Keane, Coleman, um, amongst others. And... There's only so long I think he can do that. I think you know that we, you know, Keane was a ball from the blue, Coleman was a ball from the blue. That that's one of what an extra three points at home. Tarkovsky headed against the, the 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 league leaders, potential champions. I think that there's only you, you can't do that between now and the end of the season. At some point, we we are going to have to produce some. I don't know, just a business as usual victories. What I would say. Mm. You know we can't we can't let let unexpected heroes sign carries between now and the end of the season because that 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 will run out by the by the law of averages and what's anything else. And what I'd like to see is a business as usual win tomorrow. You know two 0 You know I don't know who the goal scorers would be Graham McNeil or Calvert-Lewin and McNeil or whoever. Where we've we maybe show that actually where we're sort of improving and capable of staying up. I don't think we can sustain some of our wins so far this season at home by hoping that somebody produces the goal of a lifetime at the Gladys Street end. And uh, hopefully that will start tomorrow. But what we do know within that is if we defend like we have done and have been organised, as Joe said. We're not going to give the opposition much to work with. Joe, in terms of you know tomorrow's team selection, we're going to, we'll, we'll come on to the, the team news update that Sean Dyche delivers on Thursday afternoon in his, his pre, pre-match press conference. But there does seem to be one big dilemma facing the Everton boss, and that is, does he stick with you know the same side that was beaten at Manchester United last weekend? You know, obviously, we saw Ellis Sims coming for Abdi to Corey, but Everton played in a 4-4-2 formation, which was a, a change from the 4-5-1, which we'd seen pretty much since... Dice come in. Do you think he sticks with four four two tomorrow, or do you expect him to go back to the four five one and maybe even a freshen up in terms of a James Garner or a Tom Davis coming in in, in the middle of the, the pitch? Well, Dice, he has to change something. Like he got it wrong last week. I think that's probably the first. It's, we can, it's easy to say this in hindsight, 
Um, having seen the way in which that game played out, it's it's clear that Everton weren't set up appropriately for it. And I know that mm. whilst you can take some solace in, in the idea that Amadou Anana and Ellis Sims both had really, really good opportunities at nil-nil, really good opportunities at nil-nil. On the same basis that you say, well, those two go in, you could make the same case to say that six of United's could have gone in. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that the, the criteria, the the minimum standard for last week was just not let it become like Arsenal when they just collapsed. And, and, and really, I think it was only luck and a bit of help from Jordan Pickford, which prevented that. That was probably the, the mm-hmm. worst. That was definitely the worst 90 minutes they've had on the Deitch. And I think he, whilst he's, he said that, it was less about tactics and more about players just not quite being at it on the day. I think he probably has to take a degree of responsibility for that. Um, you know, th- there is the fact that obviously he'll want to get, if you get off to a good start against Fulham tomorrow, then to go one nil up, given the circumstances, which we've discussed, you would fancy Everton to then go on and win. Um, so maybe there might be a little bit of temptation to maintain two up front just on that basis. Can he get off on the front foot, be aggressive, be assertive, get an early goal and then look to, to do it? Obviously, we know he's got to try and figure out how to deal with the loss of Abdullah Decore. But I think my temptation to be, having seen how bad it was last week, or the, be it against a much better side, I think he would. I think he needs to go back to 4-5-1, go back to his basics. We, we know that Seamus Coleman isn't going to be there, so... That will surely be Nathan Patterson coming in at right back. Uh, Dice wasn't 100% clear on that yesterday, but you'd think so. Uh, the only problem then with, with 4 or 5 1 is how, how do we have to get up the pitch? Because that's what the, that's, that's the, the big problem with Decore's absence is he's some, you know, he's just managed to be that link between Damari, Gray, and, and the attack. You know, he's just helped to get up there with Gray to win a few free kicks, cause a little bit of carnage, just support Gray in the box if it won't be on he'll get it out wide and you don't really see any of Everton's replace, potential replacements in centre midfield doing that I think Garner's probably a bit more deeper line Tom Davis can be a bit more box to box but obviously we haven't seen too much of him th- this season I think I think Deitch needs to he, by doing what he did last week he changed a lot he, you know, it was three changes essentially um, with the formations and I think he just needs to try and change as little as possible from the successful formula that, that proved effective against Spurs against Chelsea against Brentford against Forest um, and against wow. against Leeds and Arsenal the first time round really I think it's probably got to be 4-5-1 go back to the basics of that and and, and just just you know shore up defensively and do what they can offensively Gav, I could see you nodding your head there in agreement with Joe as he was speaking. Are you fully expecting yeah. to see a return to four five one? Yeah, on the basis last week was a I, I it was baffling way of approaching a game, to be honest with you. We then get into if we go with that, we then get into the, the who who who's the five and who's the one, don't we? Yeah. Well, that's that's what we're gonna talk about next. So don't oh, jump yeah, into yeah, so I won't I won't prejudge that conversation, <laughs> but yeah. Simple terms, I have to go back to four five one on the basis that we showed last week that four four two doesn't work. We haven't got the personnel for it. Mm. We don't have it um, we, we can't we haven't got we haven't been able to play midfield two since well God knows how long, seven, eight years. So yeah, four 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 five one for me. Personnel to be discussed later. Well we'll, we'll discuss it now. Joe yeah. I've already led into it. 
you know, in terms of personnel, then are you expecting to see maybe a James Garner or a Tom Davis come into the midfield? You know, Alex Obobi potentially taking up the upper core role off the forwards. I mean, it doesn't feel like it, but Sean Dyche does have options to to change and freshen things up, doesn't he? You know, there might not be the options people want him to have, but he does have options. I mean, he has options, but they're very, very limited. And herein lies the problem with the, the lack of recruitment in January, um, even before we get onto the subject of of, of of the recruitment situation over recent years. You know, Sean Dyche is the right appointment and Everton have benefited already from him coming in. But there was always two questions, really, that had to be answered through the last few months of the season for Everton. And one is, Almost one is how well the manager will do, and obviously Sean Dyche has done very well so far. But two, how well can any manager do with the resources that are available mm. to him? Particularly if you then take into account the loss of uh, you know Dominic Calvert Lewin for all but the first sixty minutes of the first of Dyche's ten games. Um, you know he doesn't have a lot of options to shuffle his pack, and that's a problem. It's going to be a problem for the rest of the season. So. Um, I like the idea of four five one and, and putting Alex Awobi back into centre midfield. I thought he was Evans best player for the first part of the season. One he, he was a genuine creative force. The issue for Everton was that they often didn't have the players to finish off the chances that he was creating. And even then he still got, I think, one goal and six assists in the first fifteen games of the Premier League season. But that doesn't really feel to me like a very Sean Dyche move. Um I, I feel like it'll be four five one, and I think that he'll keep Iwobi out on the right. I think he'll keep Gray up top. It has worked as as well as it possible. It's worked better than any of the alternatives that we've seen on the dice so far, having Gray as a low man up top. And I think it then comes down to Garner or Davis in in the middle. Um, yeah, he still seems to kind of when he's discussing James Garner, match fitness still seems to be something that keeps coming into conversation with Deitch. Which I think is quite telling for the Dominic Calvert-Lewin situation, slightly separately, in the sense of obviously we can see that he's making strides towards you know, first-team fitness. But and this may well be a question that's coming up later. Get, bearing in mind how how he's treated the other players that have come back from injury mm-hmm. under his time so far, Dyke, it's very difficult to see a scenario where Dominic Calvert-Lewin isn't gently kind of put back in there as well. Uh, you know, maybe a substitute's appearance first before a start. Uh, I would start Garner. I suspect part of me part of me thinks he might start Tom Davis. And in fairness, I was looking at um, it's the mini Merseyside derby on Sunday, and you know the under twenty ones play Liverpool at Southport. And I was going through the archive early, just looking at some of the pictures of of of, of, of these games in the past. And there was one of uh, two thousand fifteen, a Tom Davis you know scoring a one on one with Liverpool keeper to late equaliser back back then. And, you know, there have been times when he can be a little bit more dynamic. So I, I do wonder if he'll ask Tom Davis to kind of be a bit the box-to-box midfielder as it was. Gareth, what about you? Are you expecting to see Tom Davis come back in? Would you like to see James Garner given the nod? Or are you going to do something completely different and, and, and come up with a new way in which Everton can get a full? Yeah. Can I just show a question, Joe? You said that you didn't think that what would be going in the middle would be something that Dice would... Would do doesn't seem like a Sean Dice move. Why, why is that? Just out of interest. I just think that um, I think what we, albeit this is against the Fulham side that isn't as good as say the Chelsea, the on paper at least the Chelsea, the Arsenal's oh. and the Liverpools that we've seen so far. Um, I think he likes 
a lot the idea of having wide midfield players that can do a lot of defensive work and protect yeah. the, the fullbacks behind them. Um, and I think that that will be an issue again tomorrow because obviously one, Fulham are quite good from out wide. Um, I'm not, it's Willian who plays on the left typically and we know he's quite a tricky player. Uh, it can be very good, cause Everton problems at Craven Cottage. And if you bear in mind the fact that it's not going to be the first choice right back behind whoever takes in that position, it's, it's probably going to be Patterson. It might be someone like Holgate. Um, I just think he will, again, just go back to basics really and, and just try and offer a degree of protection that I don't think Everton quite get um, if Damari Gray is, is the wide right player. Yeah, I think yeah, I think they're, they're all fair points. I mean, in, in those tactical stuff that you know we'll see when he first joins, he places a lot of faith, doesn't he, in, in the wide man and the fullback mm. covering covering as a team, doesn't he? When when, we, when his teams haven't got the ball, and you can see why in that context he he fancies a Wobi far more than Gray, yeah. doesn't he? On on, on the right hand side because Gray's work rate. Um, on the right, is you know, chucking up and down is not as good as Awobi. And also, Awobi's got a bit more of a physical presence, I think, possibly. And, uh, yeah, I get, I get all that. Um, so, I, I, I'd say, really, I think I said this last week, didn't I, that I'd, I'd play Garner if it's James Garner all day long because he adds, he adds an, an aspect of, 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 of passing and moving the ball around the pitch that we haven't got in the centre. And, and I'd, I'd definitely have him playing there and possibly with, if you did that, playing Arna further up the pitch. But, I mean, Arna, he's, he's been struggling, hasn't he? Mm-hmm. Injuring, obviously. I don't, I don't think he looks fit, 100% fit. Possibly because he's had to play a lot more games than maybe we imagined. And also, there's obviously the Ramadan factor as well. But I'd, I'd play Garner there with... As a sort of deeper line player, I think with 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 Garner Gay and with Anana pushing on in support of a striker to be confirmed. But I'd I'd think I'd, I'd go with Gray to be honest with yeah. you. Calvert-Lewin seems to me if he's available seems like a sub sub option rather than a a starting option. And I I just try and go back to the system on the dice that has worked mm. most effectively, which is four five one with Gray up top with. Just manoeuvring them, bringing Garner in the middle of the pitch, and just manoeuvring and Arna's role slightly to play more like the core. I think the, one of the problems he had last week was one player's absence caused three, mm. possibly four positional changes, and he just didn't look right. Did he? he didn't look right. It just didn't look right. It from the yeah. start, and we should have changed it after twenty minutes, not forty-five. And I think also as well, I'm slightly concerned about tomorrow is. He's 35, but why wow, we've needed Seamus Coleman at home, haven't we? To set the you know, mm. set the pace to, to act as a as a as a you know, encourage the rest of the team as as captain. And I, th- I think we'll miss his presence. You mentioned their pattern coming back on the pitch as a player, but I think we'll miss Coleman most of all as sort of the cheerleader as the as the leader of the team tomorrow. And that that sort of conduit between the, the team and the, and the crowd, which I think is really important. Seamus, because of his, he's been there that long, and that he's he's been, you know, he's been a largely an inspirational figure, hasn't he, for 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 quite a bit of time. I think we'll miss it, and we'll miss that sort of emotional presence of 
Coleman tomorrow, not just his his you know his his physical presence on the pitch, and and that to me is a bit of a bit of a concern as well. Joe, just just on Dominic Calvert Lewin, because obviously I think it's safe to say Sean Dyche was given very little away yesterday in terms of where Calvert Lewin actually is in terms of making an Everton match day squad moving forwards. Um, it, it was a similar thing to what we've seen in recent weeks. But I think it's safe to say, isn't it, that bar some sort of miracle, if Dominic Calvert-Lewin is involved in any way tomorrow, it will be on the bench. And, you know, it will be, if he does make an appearance, it will be one as a substitute. You can't imagine him being thrown straight back in and leading the line for the Blues. I like the idea of Dyche just shocking everyone and, you know, having you know, really just worked incredibly hard with Calvert-Lewin just behind the scenes and got him raring to go and just shocking everyone tomorrow at two o'clock when the team mm. comes out and, and everyone's like, oh, and Fulham weren't expecting it and it'd be a massive boost for the home fans, for the squad. Yeah, I, don't, I don't think if Fulham not expecting it, any of us would be expecting no, it. No, well, no, no. But like, you know, like I, I, I love the idea of that being the case, but I think mm. it probably is wishful thinking. I don't, I don't think it's impossible, but but I think, you know, we're, we're 10 games into the Deitch reign so far and it would, it would go against the grain of, of every decision mm. and comment that he's made on this subject, whether it be about Calvert-Lewin or other players so far, you know, he he seems to place a hell of a lot of, you know, right, rightly so, um, of importance on people being not just available, not just fit, but but 100% fit and, and, and that, that sharpness. Um, and having missed nine nine games in 40 minutes, um you'd be asking a hell of a lot for Dominic Cavalier to be anywhere near that. So, you know, obviously Deitch didn't give much away again yesterday. He, I mean, he doesn't. It's slightly, it is frustrating, but, you know, obviously that's that's up to him how he how he does it. Um, but I think it is clear that Dominic Cavalier is improving. Um, you know, he's back out training with the first team on, 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 on the grass at Finch Farm. Um, I thought probably the most indicative thing as to where he is is um, for anybody who follows Everton's social media accounts. I think earlier on this week they had an academy day, which is basically almost like a, a showcase day where all levels of the club just play together at Finch Farm and get involved with each other and give some of the the young, so some of the juniors and some of the young teenage you know prospects an opportunity to interact with some of the first team players and. Saw Sean Dyche around there and players like Amadou Inanna and Tom Davis and Dom Gray and, and um, Damari Gray getting involved. And and in, in one of the little training pit games, albeit only with you know young children, Dominic Calvert-Loon was there knocking a the ball around scoring. Now, obviously you can't, it'd be ludicrous to read too much in, into this, but there is absolutely, when you look at Sean Dyche, the person he is and the comments that he makes, I just can't believe that there's any chance that he would have Dominic Calvert-Lewin, given his importance as Everton side, anywhere near something as colloquial as that, or as uh, you know, unnecessary to the day-to-day regime as that, if he wasn't a hundred percent sure that he was, you know, getting stronger in fitness, he just wouldn't risk him. He's just not that kind of of, of risk taker. He'd have him back in the gym or tell him to have the afternoon off or you know w- whatever, rather than just have him running around with a couple of youngsters. So. I look at that, and to me, like as I say, it might seem like clutching, but that to me suggests that Deitch is growing in confidence with Dominic Calvert-Lewin's physical you know, physical condition at the minute. But obviously, precisely where he is, whether he'll make the bench against Fulham, whether they're looking to you know Crystal Palace away next um, 
next uh, next week. Uh, you know, Crystal Palace obviously being the team that Calvert Lewin scored his last two goals against. You know, the mm-hmm. first in the three 0 win, and then obviously the third in the in the um, that game that we all remember from last season when they stayed up. So, you know, or, or whether it be something after that, but I think he's getting closer. But you know, as I say how much he'll be involved tomorrow if he's involved at all we'll just have to wait to see Everton are clearly keeping that under tight wraps Deitch is playing that game from a club perspective and at the minute we're all flapping around trying to work out where it is but I thought that academy video was was perhaps a little bit more revealing than it intended to be In terms of what you said about Seamus Coleman not being involved and not being a bit of a blow but how much would it be if Calvert-Lewin is back in the Masters squad for Everton now he is kind of now back to a level of fitness where Sean Dyche can potentially put him in because obviously, you know, he's been missed and, and people have been long craving his, his return. Yeah, well, it'd be a boost to Cavalier and that's what I'm interested in, to be honest with you. It is getting him feeling better about stuff and getting in, in and around the first team. That, that's for his benefit. I think he's spoken before about the pressures of being, about pressures of being a Premier League football, but being out must make it even worse. So I think it'd be a big boost for him. Uh, yeah, I think it'd be a big boost for everybody. But ultimately, it's, it's the games run on the pitch, and I, I just don't think. I just don't think it, it, it will. Well I, well, I think it will be a risk to, to play him from the start. But as you say, Connor's just seeing him on the team sheet as a as a substitute will be. I think a big moral boost for for the for the, the, the well the squad and, and and the fans as well. To be honest with you, because. He's an option, and as Joe alluded to earlier, the one thing we haven't had over the last four or five months is options. Certainly up front, and uh, yeah, I think it will be a big boost. But I think baby steps really with Calvert Lewin, but all the talk that Dice has mentioned about being being on the grass or whatever the phrase is, and easing him in gently. I don't think that extends to starting him in, in any must-win game against Fulham. Mm-hmm. To be fair, but. You've seen stranger things. It's just after this vision of Joe doing an absolutely like, you know, 10 hour dissertation on one of the, the Everton like PR videos, the Academy about, you know, very, there's very Watergate that Joe, if you don't mind me asking. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah I, I, Bernstein, that Joe, if you don't mind me saying, to be well, fair. From my, my, my past life as an investigative reporter being put, um, to you, sir. I, I don't know. I just think that, as I say, I get it though. I, I agree what you're saying. You know, like I just, I, Dice, there's no way Dice has him anywhere near kicking the ball around with anybody if he's got, if he's, you know, if he's really, really struggling. That doesn't mean to say that he's match fit or anything daft like that, but you know, I, I just think that that is a positive sign. Um, yeah, I'd be very, I'd be very disappointed if they didn't have meetings in obscure underground car parks with members of the the Everton room backstop backroom staff giving you tip offs on Carver-Lewin's fitness. You know, it's it's uh, yeah, but I think joking aside, it's a big boost for me for the player that he's back. Specifically, because we, we, there's a human aspect to this, isn't it? That we all forget about. We tend to be quite selfish with the bosses. And stuff, but there's a human aspect to this of, of somebody in their prime who's not being allowed to, you know, show their prime form really, and 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 so that that's the the major benefit for me. Joe, just in terms of you know team news, obviously we know Seamus Coleman isn't going to feature tomorrow for Everton. He's out with an injury, but Sean Dyche again was a bit coy, wasn't he? When you know kind of asked if Nathan Patterson would then seemingly you know just come in and slot in for Coleman at right back. 
I, for one, after reading that, wouldn't be surprised if Ben Godfrey lines up like back for Everton tomorrow. Just because it, 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 it I don't know again if we're reading too much into this, but it, it didn't exactly strike me as something that, yeah, you know, Seamus was, was obviously not fit, but Nathan can come in and, and start it'll be no problem. It, it didn't really seem as, as, as easy as that, did it, from Sean's Aisha's response? No, it, it was a. It was a far more awkward response than felt we all thought. It, it was to be, really, bearing in mind that he's the only other mm. senior right back in, in well, any other right back in the senior squad, and he's he's clearly you know, on the verge of match match sharp. He's as close to the match sharpness as I think he can possibly get without Sean Dice actually playing him, which he did mm. at the back end you know, for the final minutes against Manchester United the other day. Um, you know, it's, it's, it is one of those where you start to think, if not now, then then when for for Nathan Patterson? It'd mm. be interesting. It'd be an interesting one to see actually tomorrow on, on that basis, I think. But yeah, judging by it, wasn't a unanimous kind of, you know, yeah, you know, Nathan Patterson's coming straight in, was it? It was. It was really quite a coy move. So you know, I, I said Mason Holgate earlier as well. Like I wouldn't, you know, I'm with mm. you. I wouldn't be too surprised. Obviously, Ben Godfrey had a. A very difficult day against or first half against Manchester United it wasn't all his fault. It was partly tactics, but you know he didn't read the game as well as he could have done in some circumstances, um, which you know will hurt him. I think really because I think he had probably just got to the point where he established himself as Deitch's first choice left back. So we'll see how much Deitch is attributing the performance on Saturday to tactics and how much he's just thinking it as one bad day at the office that will hopefully be be scrubbed out and forgotten about with that so you know there is there is definitely potential for someone like a Holgate or a Godfrey at right back tomorrow based on the way Deitch answered that question in the press conference and yeah it, it was it was it was quite a strange little few minutes really because I remember as he as he volunteered the information that Seamus Coleman definitely wouldn't be available that was already far more kind of insight into a, an upcoming match day squad that he's probably provided mm. at any other point during his evident time so far. It's unusual that he was so open rather than vague about that. Uh, then to go from that to the vague answer over what felt like a really easy question or an obvious answer to, to the question that followed. Yeah. God knows. Um, but sure. I mean, it's gotta be Nathan Patterson tomorrow for me. That's Nathan Patterson starts tomorrow. If, I, if I'm choosing that side in Coleman's place, it can't, it's Nathan Patterson. Maybe the yeah. end game is Marvel Lewin at right back. Is uh, <laughs> maybe <laughs> what, we take, what we take from all that is Carver Lewin will be yeah right back tomorrow. He's never had to start like wing back to the under Al Kuman. It's very true. He's got previous there. Yeah, yeah, yeah previous playing down the right hand side for the Blues. So yeah, maybe Sean Dyche and Al Kuman both seen something something in the, the the forward that we haven't. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> but Joe, Joe, just 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 one one of the points away from you know kind of the the team news and Fulham and that there was some you know big news I suppose big news in that Deli Ali's returned to Everton from the ship to so he's picked up an injury it's been not the, the best week I don't think for the, the England international but you know a, a paper a, a picture sorry of him emerging a, a flat Sean's Ives obviously asked about that you were in the embargo section yesterday you know for the echo and, and Sean's Ives asked about Deli Alley and, and where things stand with him moving forward yeah and obviously we got a little bit more insight on the situation at the minute I mean I think it's 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 at the very mo- at the, the moment it's an issue that Sean Dice doesn't have to deal with and I think he's probably 
leaving it until the moment that he knows that he will have to do something with it. And that'll come in in, in you know, the middle of the summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's still contracted to Besiktas. He's got a hip injury that's probably going to keep him out for the rest of the season. So he's probably, he's played his last game for Besiktas. Obviously, that's an, an unhappy loan that's come to an end this way. So, yeah, there's, there's still a lot of details up in the air about whether, you know, waiting for a specialist opinion over the next few days as to whether or not he needs an operation or not. And at that point, I think they'll decide where he begins his rehabilitation. Does he go back to Turkey where he's technically under contract to start his recovery there or does he stay in the UK? I mean, I would be, especially when you consider one, he, they'll be getting him fit for, you know, no game. He, he can't play a further game for, for Besiktas. So I can't imagine that they'll be too keen to play a part in his rehabilitation. And that's even before you consider the, you know, what, what looks to have been the difficult relationship that's, that's formed there between him and the club or him and certainly the, the manager. So I can't imagine that he's going to go over there to start recovery. I anticipate it will be, over over here somewhere. So, um, so yeah, I mean, he has spoken to Deli Ali. They have had a bit of a what happens next conversation. Dice, you know, said that he got the sense that the Deli Ali wants to be about playing football and playing well. That's obviously a, a positive, you know, line if that was his interpretation of the conversation. But whether or not that is at Everton in the future, I think it's going to clearly be one of the big issues of the summer for Everton to deal with. Yeah. And, and you know, probably in two months' time, it might be might well be the first issue on Sean Dyche's table when the team and the first team return from their pre you know, from their end of season break. You know, probably towards the the middle of the back end of June. So, um, sorry, it'll probably be early July. I imagine at that point that what they'll do is they'll look at where his rehabilitation is. They'll look at where his injuries up to and. And that's when the conversations will start. It's going to be really, really interesting um, to see what happens with Deli Ali in the long term. Obviously, got a year left on his deal with Everton, and you know he's getting paid a lot of money. And it's the trajectory of his career, and you know, obviously, the way it's things have unfolded at Besiktas hasn't changed. This, you know, it's it's it, it will be interesting to see how much interest there is from elsewhere, given. Mm-hmm. How well, how well paid he is, and the fact that he's on the contract at Everton, and the fact that he hasn't got a lot to show for the opportunities he has been given over the past two years. So that's going to be an interesting one. But I think that's very much a, yeah, it's very much an issue for another day. That for for Sean Dyche. Gavin, in terms of you know, Delhi Ali, there's obviously been a lot said and a lot written about him and the way things have gone. But I think the the biggest thing of all is just a, a great shame, isn't it? That you know, one of probably the best plays this country's produced, finds himself in the position that he does right now? Well, well, potentially one of the best players. I mean, I think he's been a very good player um, at a young age. Yeah, and the thing with Dali is he's he's a little bit different, isn't he? He's not, I love them type of players. There's not many of them. You should cherish them, isn't it? Those yeah. players are not a striker, but they're not a midfielder. They sort of... You know, I mean, I, the comparison would be an obvious one would be, say, for me, you know, at, at Liverpool and like Thomas Muller. I mean, like Stephen Naismith was a little bit like that, wasn't he? Where you couldn't, you couldn't really pigeonhole him as a striker. Yeah, and Deli Ali definitely falls into that category. And I love that. I love Pochettino's space, as I told you before many times, and, and I love Dali's role in that that team. And also for England, and I, I think it's really sad that such a talented player who brings something different to the the the, the game and has sort of 
it, it just Joe Joe spoke about trajectory, but the trajectory has been downwards, hasn't it, for a yeah. couple of years now. I don't know if since I think Pochettino left mm-hmm. Tottenham, and, and there, there is a comparison here with Ross Barkley, isn't there? I think that needs to be made. I know Ross is a little bit older, you know, maybe three years older, possibly two, three years older, and you see Barkley at Everton. 2013-14 and he, even then he'd had a really terrible injury hadn't he as a, as a, as a, as a young player and you're thinking this like could become you know definitely you know a permanent fixture in England team's got loads of skill two good feet and then you make the wrong move and you, your love for the game sort of disappears and you get distracted by maybe stuff off the pitch and there's a comparison with, with Barkley and, and Deli Ali, isn't it? Really, two completely different players, but two players whose careers have gone on, on a downward spiral that they found very difficult to try and get back back on track. And I think that's just it's just really sad. You know, going back to what I was saying before, players are humans, but mm-hmm. also from a footballing perspective as well. And and um, I. I really hope when Dali Ali gets back on it, back on, you know, back playing football. He showed, he showed once or twice, didn't he, at Everton, that he's still got it. and he, He's still a relatively young man and, and he's still got an opportunity, I think, left in the game. Barkley's slightly older. I think Barkley's 30 this year, isn't he? He's slightly different place. But, yeah, very sad. Very sad indeed about Dali Ali. Right, gents, as a man who likes tradition, I think it's only fitting that we finish today's show with our predictions for tomorrow's game at Goodison Park. Joe, I'll start with you. What are you on this Grand National weekend as well? When the book people will be heading to the bookies in their droves to, to place bets. What what what's your tip for, for Goodison Park on Saturday afternoon? Two 0 Everton. That's on going. I'm being positive. This could be the, this the straightforward win. Get an early goal. Out muscle, out discipline, a Fulham cyber, got one, got, you know, five toes on the beach already, getting a nice little goal at the beginning of the second half just to calm the nerves and just, uh, see it out and then give Dominic Calvert Lewin the last 20 minutes of pressure free moments for match fitness. That'd be the dream, wouldn't it? That'd be and the more dream. importantly, that, that goal makes you go right in the view of it. It's a little bit easy, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, if it comes early yeah. enough, it does, yeah. yeah. If, I can, yeah. If, 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 half, if half an hour to go, it's, it's clear which way the results go and it makes things a lot easier, so. Yeah, Gav? Well, first of all, from a, from a historical perspective, I can't remember us playing three o'clock on Grand National Day before at home. I think that's probably a first mm. because for, for years, the Grand National was on a Friday when it changed to Saturday. We either played for the morning on the Friday, on the Friday so... That's possibly possibly a fair. So um, yeah, I, 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 Joe said about a regulation win is in order tomorrow, isn't it? I mean, we've won all fourteen Premier League games at home. I called us against Fulham with a crowd, I think. And Dice has got a really good record: won five, two, one or seven matches against them. So that's all set up, isn't it, for a never win? I, I, I'll, I'll 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 raise one. From Joe, I'll go. I'll go three 0 because two 0 oh. sounds like a problem, doesn't it? Really, I'll, I'll go three 0 And I tell you what, what a big weekend it will be if we get a three 0 win tomorrow. It would indeed. I'll go three one. Three one, I think. I think 
Everton will win tomorrow and send everyone home to watch the national. Very, very happy. <laughs> hoping that their, their horse gets around the famous course and, uh, and wins the big steeplechase race. But, gents, thank you very much for joining me today to talk all things Everton. We will, of course, be back on Monday afternoon to review Everton's game against Fulham at Goodison Park and bring you all the latest from regarding the Blues as Sean Dyche's side head towards the final months of the Premier League campaign. But for today, thank you, list- thank you for listening to the Royal Blue Podcast. You've been listening to the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.